Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Hey, guess whose kids were at his house all weekend and he didn't have time to write any show notes? Yeah, yeah. And and guess how close we are to when this needs to drop. Um, In, a, in like less than 24 hours. hours? <laughs> we better do a chit chat. Yeah. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Panda's Talking Games. I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, because life did a thing and we like to live dangerously as podcasters and don't have any episodes in the bag, as it were, we're going to be doing a chit chat. For those of you who are new and joining us and are like, what's a chit-chat episode? Every so often when we don't have time to prep a full episode um, or a topic, we do a chit-chat episode where we focus on uh, two topics. Uh, What is giving us life in gaming? And what is giving us life outside of gaming? And as always, we credit um, our friends and our colleagues over at the gauntlet um, for um, teaching us that phrase, what's giving us life. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So we're both going to, we're going to take turns. We're just going to bounce back and forth and we're going to cover uh, those two topics from both our perspectives. And then we're going to roll out of here. Uh, now, don't get us wrong. We're definitely going to be talking about some nerd gaming stuff in here because that's what we're here for. So you're bound to pick up something, but also let's find out what's giving Senda life in gaming. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's really interesting because The thing that I was thinking about when we realized you were doing a chit chat and I was like, oh, what is giving me life in gaming? Because sometimes when you've answered that question a lot, you have to kind of be like, well, it can't be the same thing as last time, right? Um, But it's interesting because it hooks into an episode that we did recently, right, about um, getting PCs to the table with backstory. Excuse me. Anyway, so the specific thing is that at my last... Uh, game night with the Game Boys, um, I actually had the moment where uh, my character's driving emotion and driving background actually came out at the table. And it was cool for me that that happened, right? Because I hadn't gotten it out yet. It took me... um, She is... uh, We're playing Monster Hearts 2. She is the Fae. And... um, she was one of those characters that sometimes you sit down at the table and you kind of have an initial idea, but um, it doesn't come out really fast. Or actually, truly, in this case, we designed the characters and then didn't play the game for like two months. And I kind of forgot where I was going with her, to be entirely honest. So I had those moments that we were kind of talking about in that episode where it was like, uh, what am I doing? Like, this isn't playing the way I kind of expected it to. Like, what is my driving... I don't understand what I'm doing here, right? Like to a mm-hmm. certain extent. And um and it 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 definitely became like, you know, I am the put upon one who um has to clean up everybody's shit. And that's okay, but I was like, but why am I doing that? Right? Like why am I willing to put up with that? Um and I realized I realized a little while ago that her driving motivation for actually everything is that she felt that her um, parents didn't want her and that she had been abandoned because she was a changeling. She was swapped at birth and she knows she's not from the mortal realm, but she doesn't want to go back Mm -hmm. to the fae realm because she doesn't feel like she belongs there. And she thinks that she was like literally sent away because no one wanted her. Right. So she's kind of acting out this weird um, trapeze tightrope line between like, Um, If I can just fix everything for everybody, then they'll like me, right? And they won't want to send me away. And and the other side of it, which is like, uh, basically like, fuck off everyone. Like, I don't want to deal with your nonsense. Um, Like, I will, I'll I'll get my, I'll get my good feels somewhere else. Um, Because, I mean, because, you know, also the thing about Monster Hearts is there's lots of sex. So sure, sure. it also justifies how she approaches that because she doesn't actually really like like anyone, but she's totally willing to jump into bed with people basically to try to fill the emptiness in her soul. Um, so it was really interesting. 
what ended up happening is that a bunch of that actually came out at the table, um, which makes it real, right? So now it's not just me sitting there being like, well, maybe this is what's going on. Like, no, I got into a big fight with my cousin at the table because he's like, I don't know why you don't want to come back to the Fey Realm. And I just started yelling at him, um, which was great. <laughs> so that that's my giving me life moment, um, I think, for this week in gaming. And um, like... We're, we're kind of in this weird place as a group where, like, it's very mixy-matchy about, you know, sometimes we have in-person, sometimes we're all online, sometimes it's, like, half and half, and it depends on, like, you know, so-and-so couldn't make the drive today, but it's fine because we get them online, like, whatever. So I was really happy that I still got, um, I still got a little bit of in-person time because, <laughs> frankly, I work from home 100% of the time now, and, like, my social connections are, like... Ah, I need to see humans in real life. It's no, fine. it's, it's fair. So, so let me um, let me tease out something from what you said. Sure. Uh, and talk about um, your like the initial concept, and then discovering that what you want for your character really isn't um, doesn't really work with your initial concept, right? Like you come into the game, I'm going to be one way. And um, partway into the game as you're playing, you're like, that's not really going to work or I'm not really interested in it. Yeah, this isn't doing it for me. I'm going to interrupt and say, or I literally don't remember what my original concept was. It's fine. It's it's fine, right? Um, (laughs) I think that, so on a meta level, right? Like on a meta level, we can always... we can always just make that change as players, right? So we can always just say like, like, oh, I think I'm going to change my... um, you know, I think it changed my focus, my role here or whatever. But I think in terms of games being like other media, right? And I don't always advocate games being like other media, in this case, TV shows. But having a moment where your character is talking to somebody and is like, you know, when I first got to the school, like... I really thought like I was just going to, you know, I really came in and I was just angry at everybody and I was just, you know, like I was just being difficult and being a jerk. But, I, you know, I realized like it's not getting me anywhere and I think I need to just turn over a new leaf. Right. And I like, think I, you know, like I think I'm going to run for class president, like having like like actually playing out your meta decision and yeah. talking it through with another character is like yeah. a perfectly great dramatic moment because the thing is characters are dynamic. They're, they're made to change. Um, yeah. And I think, well, I think what was the reason this was really a life giving moment for me is because since this has been kind of stewing underneath for a while in terms of like, because for me, I I've been playing this character going, but why is she doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand Um, And why is she putting up with all this nonsense from everyone? And why is she like going through all of this to have a reason first made a really big difference for me for the last couple of sessions, because I was like, okay, I totally get what's happening here. um, And these decisions all make sense, right? Mm -hmm. It's clicked. I understand it. Um, And then being able to turn that around and at the table, go from the person who's like, cleaning up after everyone and just being like sigh you know frustrated sigh but like takes care of it she's the stage manager of the play that we're doing and also playing like all of the extra parts and like you know she's like literally doing everything um all three witches we're we're doing the cursed scottish play and she's playing all three witches at the same time and stage managing (laughs) along with a number of other bit parts um because we don't have enough people Um, but what's really interesting about that is like, why would she take that situation on? And then everybody's really accustomed to her being the person who just like takes care of this stuff. Um, and I'd been kind of leaning into that, but being able to turn that around on its head and have that moment at the table where suddenly I'm angry and like all the angry hurt parts that are driving that behavior, um, suddenly like started coming out at the table. Right. And that no one's seen them before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've been driving my play decisions for a couple of sessions, but no one else had experienced them. And, um, so it was, it was really cool and it opens the door on an entire like plot line that we've been dancing around for a while, which is that, um, potentially, potentially my dad is the king of the fairies yeah (laughs) like like that's a thing that might maybe like that that was kind of 
we kind of did some weird hinty stuff about that and hadn't truly determined it. But it gets really interesting for me because it means that there's both strong reasons to potentially return and strong political reasons that I may not want to deal with um, about why I was sent away to begin with um, and like all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really interesting. And I think it was um, it was very pertinent to that episode that we just did recently about um you know, how your character plays in your head Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus Mm -hmm. how they end up playing at the table because I was getting a lot of the feeling, like I was totally having fun at the game. Don't get me wrong at all, right? But I I was, because I forgot my original (laughs) concept, I was doing a lot of play at the table where I was just like kind of going along with it and seeing where things went and developed without really understanding why I was doing it or where I was going with it. Um, and feeling maybe a little bit lost about why I was making the decisions that I was making, um, even though I was just kind of making the coolest decisions that I felt like I could make at the time, which right. is a good, sure. it's a good fallback, right? Hey, like, what is the da- most when interesting When in doubt, decision? what's going to be, what, what's going to yeah. play best in the story, right? Right, Absolutely. what's going to be the most interesting? Um, and, and so I was making those decisions, right? Um, but having the moment come out at the table of like, what was happening in my head for all of that? Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love those moments. Like I've had, I think probably the biggest, um, I think the biggest character pivot I had was in, um, um, in Chris's dungeon world game. Um, Oh, I'm yep. trying. Well, I can't remember the name of uh, the uh, airy peaks in the airy yes. peaks game. <laughs> um, my barbarian was, um, very much, um, built on the idea of a functional addict that he was basically going into the dungeons to get money to go back into town to drink and and sleep away his money in pleasures food and and liquor um and then when he would run out he'd sober up and be ready to go back to work kind of thing um and then in the middle of the um which for a short-term character goal was a great way to get yeah. my head around the character. Sustainable? Not really. Mm, not really, yeah. Have any depth to it? Also not really, Mm-mm. right? So when the op- when the uh, opportunity presented itself for me to fall in love with this dead god and um, try to pursue her, um, it, was a, like, it was a great pivot moment for that character to be able to be like, oh, now this character has like an actual lofty goal. Like something yeah. that something that isn't just going to be get treasure in the dungeon and then let's go drinking, yeah. Which and was okay long, because a long term goal too, right? Yeah, which was okay because if you're thinking about the game like like a TV show, and again, not always, um, not always advocating for this, but it does work. Like in the beginning, sure, this character is like a one beat kind of thing, like not too complex, easy to grasp onto. Um, kind of in a self downward spiral, right? Like this idea of, I will just, you know, find more treasure, kill more monsters so I can drink more alcohol and, you know, keep going to the massage parlor, mm-hmm. um, you know, has a terminal spiral. So to yeah. be able to just like turn it around and again, one, I did it at a meta level because I actually just told Chris, I'm like, Oh, this is what, this is where my character's going. But yeah. then my character went and talked to, the other characters and were like, I'm in love with her. You need to find a way to summon her again. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it was good. Like it, it actually like gave, um, like it, it both gave me a place to take my character for the next phase of the game, but also gave some like cool dramatic material to actually play out at the table where I could actually play the change of my character. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Anyway, that's good stuff. It's fun. Yeah. It's nice to have those moments. And I guess the takeaway is um, you're not bound to your initial concept. Yeah. Let or, your character grow. Grow or, with the game. Or if you don't have a really strong initial concept, that doesn't mean that you can't grow into one or develop one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, think of it this way. We'll use the college analogy here, right? So if you go to college with one major in mind and you start yeah. down it and don't like it, you are allowed to change majors. And if you come to college undecided, along the way, you will find your major. Yeah. Both are acceptable ways to Both go to college. And it is equally acceptable to start college with one major in mind and graduate with that major. 
what we're basically about, saying is it's like all both, it's all it's valid. all acceptable. Yeah, or yeah. you can do the thing where you go to college with one major in mind, and then you keep that one, and then you just add another one onto it. Yeah, that's multi-classing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. I'm multi-classed. <laughs> yeah, you multi-classed. Yeah, I was. Um, I actually changed. I so I will. So in session zero. I picked one concept, but when I yep. showed up to the table for session one, I had already picked another one. Already different. <laughs> yeah. I had changed from journalism to biology from the time I applied to the time I arrived. Yeah, that's so, that's pretty. Yeah. But then I was then I was ride or die you biology all the way, all the way there. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Anyway. 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 Tell us what is giving you life in gaming. Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, what's given me life in gaming this week is pacing. So I, my aux game is tonight and um, we are into our fourth um, mission, right? We've had three, we've had three missions so far, not sessions. Cause I've had I, mission being the story unit sure. of this game. And um, the first two missions I, so the, all right, this is the thing I kind of do. Um, in general, when I run games, my first adventure is always what I think is the prototypical adventure for that game, because I really want to get do do. Ever, does everyone like the field? Does everyone like what we're trying to capture here? Um, are we kind of tuned in for what this game is about? That kind of thing, and then I will pivot later. Right. Like, like I will, like I will do a couple of these kind of standard ones and then we'll start to subvert that or we'll change it up to a different beat or something like that. Once I'm kind of comfortable that we're all starting to dial in. Yeah. So we're at mission. We're at, we're at mission four, mission one and two, very typical ones, right? If, if I, if I ever do aux as a publication, the first one, the firestorm at Kearsome will absolutely be. Um, the fire cane, sorry, the fire cane at Kearsum will absolutely be the um, adventure that comes with the publication. Right. This um, is this is the idea. This is the this idea is that the looks. whole game was born on. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is this is it. Okay. So then, so the second one was like that. Then the third one was um, actually addressing the meta plot of the game, which was about um, the aliens that. Um, the aliens that are gone, they're just called the builders that had built all these amazing wonders on all the planets, but not really much is known about them. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of religions that have arisen around them, but not a lot of knowledge. So the players got their first taste of um, builder tech up close kind of thing. And that was cool. And then it led to the next adventure, which was like an extension. Like they're going to go find some other builder tech to answer some questions. But, now we're like far enough in and enough time has progressed with the characters being the characters that like it's time to up the stakes. Like yep. I'm in a place now where their background material is now also like drawing into the game in really yeah. good ways. I um, know some of what you're gonna do and we can't say no, it. we can't say because i know jerry's <laughs> listening to this episode i just don't know when yeah yeah i mean but you're playing today and it'll drop at midnight tonight so you could assuming i get through all the material a little bit but you don't want to say because no. like you might not get through all of it nope. yeah, you don't know where it's gonna I end so we can't future episode say future episode i'll talk about it but just to say this that um we've reached the point in the game um, where the game has enough momentum, the players have enough feel about their characters, and like we're all comfortable with the game, like we're not trying to learn it or learn the world, that we can now really engage in um, like really moving the plots forward, including some personal stuff, the meta plot, um, on top of doing like you know our rescues and things like that. So we're really hitting that space. And the thing is, I do this as a I do this as a conscious, purposeful effort. Is that I I, I do believe in crawl, walk, run, right? Sure. So like I don't hit the players with a lot of background stuff when we're still trying to figure out the rules. Yeah, and that's fair. I don't hit the players with a deep meta arc 
until we've kind of understood how an adventure goes. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, and then once like we're clear with the first meta arc, then I'm ready to start like pulling in all the players material, like stuff they've currently done and their background stuff and start pulling that into adventures. Right. So we just, we, we crawl, we walk, we run. Um, and I found that that format allows, um, like it helps the players because you're not juggling too many things. If I had dropped like one of these, um, if I had dropped what's coming up in this session, in the first session, it wouldn't have the same impact. Yes. Right. It just, it wouldn't, it would, it would, it would work, right. It would work. And the players would Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, but it wouldn't be like, Whoa, like, Holy shit. Kind of moment. It would just be like, Oh, Okay, yeah, that's a thing. I mean, so. I think I think part of it is you have you now have from doing the the playing that you've done so far. Um what you really have is a lot of investment from the players, right? Mm-hmm. And that investment in the game is going to make this reveal like so much cooler. Yeah. And I think think the thing that comes with the investment is that one, we've played a bunch of sessions. So that like session, like the more times you play the, the, you know, the the more more investment you build up. You usually get, unless there's something else going on that's not working in the game, but yeah. But also what we've, what we've been able to do is we've now gotten out of the way, the, um, stuff that would be sitting in your forebrain about like, how do the mechanics work? Like, like, how does, like, how does the setting work? That, like that, that stuff has now been, um, handled to a point where it's receding back. Like it's becoming more background than foreground thought. Yeah. And that now opens us up. That now opens us up for the room to have emotions. Yeah. Right. We can now have emotions about this because we're kind of through the other parts. So I'm actually really excited. Like when I started working this one out and I came up with the idea um, in my normal brainstorming thing, which is usually in the morning while I'm getting ready for work, I was like, oh, damn, like, that's good. (laughs) It's very good. I'm very excited. I mean, I don't have anything to do with this game other than like I functionally act as like that person that you bounce ideas off of sometimes um, and or the person who gets to hear about all the cool stuff because I'm not in the game. So you can tell me all of your plans and I get to get excited about them, too. Um, but like I'm excited to hear what happens because we've talked about this before, right? I'm excited to hear what happens when the characters confront this situation right mm-hmm. because that's where things are going to get really interesting um i love the plan and i can't wait to hear what they actually do about it right like right. <laughs> anyway well and the yeah. thing is right so there's a um the other part of this right is like i i need to introduce it but also not derail everything else in the game with it so i have some yeah, things we it. can't talk yeah. about it now but i have some things where i've kind of um, figured out how to like bring this out, but not have it override everything else that's going on. In the yeah, game. the the primary sort of yeah. drive and purpose that you had originally discussed for the game. Yeah. So now our game is yeah. actually getting to the same place. It right? is, but we haven't been able to play it for a couple of weeks because life. Yes, which is very sad. Just kiddo stuff and yep. things like that has yep. prevented us from playing. We're gonna get to play in town. You have. We're gonna get to play this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Friday night, I think we're going to get to play. Friday night, yeah. So the thing is, our game is actually reaching that same spot because we have now exhausted all of our original playtest material. Yes. I wrote wrote the first game that actually ties into what we've been doing. Yes. And I suspect that this one will be good. I suspect the next couple are going to be that same part of the um, curve where we're past, like, we're past how does this game work. Yeah. We're way past how does the setting work. Yeah, um, yeah. We we had a we jump just, start on the setting to begin with, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> and now we can get now we can get much deeper into cool, let's pull some stuff together. Um and let's, you know, like let's draw like let's draw some stuff in, but also let's like now let's raise the stakes because there's some room for emotions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's definitely some sp- and there's some space in here, frankly, for um some other like more direct like stake danger, which I'm sure that we're going to get into because yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So cool. I mean, not that not that the things that I've been doing didn't have stakes, but they were stakes. Like, let's see if we can prevent this alliance from happening. You know. Yeah, we can actually like we can actually now figure out how your character plays in. Like, do we want to play like long? Like, do you want the long con, short con? Like, you're not actually a con person, but yeah, the question but I am is a like, spy. <laughs> yeah, the question is, do you want to just do like short one-off missions, right? That's like a Mission Impossible kind of thing. Do you want to like cultivate assets and deal with the relationship of like various assets and things like that? Because that's right. an interesting, right? Like, the thing is, now that we've played a little, we can start to figure that out. Yeah, which is yeah. very cool. I'm I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited to play next week. Uh, Cause I miss it. <laughs> yeah. But, which is you know, why I'm just like, which is why I'm life. like, cool. We need to like, we need to get on this game on Friday. This actually ties into my gnome stew article for this week, which is um, what did I call it? Emotional inertia, not an emotional inertia and velocity, something like that. But the idea that like, like we, we've been playing this game. We were playing this game for a little while. We got it up and running and then we had a disruption in our schedule. And, um, the game has enough um, inertia that I wasn't too worried about it. But like, as like, as this week approaches and I know we can't play on our normal Saturday, I was like, no, we have to play Friday because we need to like, actually like push the game again. Yeah. Right. If we don't, we're going to really start losing momentum. Right. Cause then it just, Oh, friction. That's what it was. Friction and inertia is what I called it. Emotional friction and emotional inertia. Right, that you, sounds very similar to a Ditch Lilies album. I'm just gonna say friction, friction and, and aggression. aggression. Yeah. Um, just you know, catch that there. What you're making me realize, because it would, I think it would just be interesting. Is I should, I should finally write another Gnome Stew article, and I should write it on, um, game campaign maintenance and running campaigns as agile. Like I think that you could. Like just <laughs> oh, I, I think there's some people who definitely have. Uh, I think there's some people who definitely have some thoughts about that um, as well. Well, it's really interesting because um, having just done like a bunch of the certification stuff with that, um, I think that the concept of leaving decisions to the last responsible minute describes my jamming style <laughs> like completely. Right, like. I would rather not make decisions about things until I know the coolest decision that I can make. Um, anyway, all yeah. of that aside, I don't all know why aside. that discussion ended up leading to that in my mind, but it's a thing I need to write down because it's not the first time I've thought of it. I just keep forgetting about it when I need to write an article. Cool. Um, write it down and then tell me what's giving you life outside of game. Sure. Um, so a while ago... I read this fantastic book called The Midnight Lie. Uh, it's by Marie Ritkowski. I think I'm saying that right, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's, it's really fantastic. Um, I'm going to say fantasy, but I'm not actually sure that that describes it because when I say fantasy, um, people are going to get visions of stereotyped fantasy, Lord of the Rings style stuff sure, in their sure. head. And it is not that, right? It is um, it is like the gods are real, but they're gone. Um, and these people have magic and it's this very striated um, caste system society that's exceedingly rigid. Um, and And it's a story about... Um, a woman at the lowest level of that caste system um, and a stranger who arrives on the island that the, this island that has magic nowhere else in the world has magic to be clear and on top of that no one knows that this island exists um, so this princess from another um, kingdom stumbles across this island um, and so it's it's about um, it's about this really wonderful relationship <laughs> that they have. And also, so it's like about that that growing relationship. Um, and it's like, and there's, there's really interesting factors, like depending on what caste level you're at, it's acceptable to have same gender relationships or not. And so at the caste that our main character is from, it is not. So she is dealing with a lot of that baggage despite falling in love. Um, and then on top of that, 
there's um, the the actual plot that they are moving forward together as they build this relationship is about figuring out why the caste system exists because no one can remember. No one knows where the magic is coming from. No one knows why the city is divided up like this. There's no history books, right? And anything about the old gods is like forbidden, um, you know, contraband kind of thing. It's all been destroyed. No one's supposed to have it. Um, so it's a really fascinating story and I'm trying to kind of tell it without giving away too much. It was really amazing. Okay, so that's the first one. It ends on this wild ass cliffhanger that I was like, holy shit. And then I immediately went and bought the next book, but I was like kind of so emotionally wrung out about it um, that I couldn't immediately engage in the next book, even though I immediately went and bought it. So the next book is called The Hollow Heart. Um, and I just finished it <laughs> a couple of days ago. I read it in like a day and a half. <laughs> like I read the first one, to be clear. Um, and I'm extremely delighted by it. Um, it's, it's really fascinating how the characters in these particular books um, are, they are... You want them to just be good, but they're kind of not. Um, and they have to deal with that and process the fact that they are human um, and that they are not always going to make the correct decision and they're not always going to do the right thing. Um, and that relationships are messy and, you know, all of this stuff. It's really, really interesting, really wonderful. The Hollow Heart has a fantastic, like, parent-child resolution arc and um a very like <sighs> um I love the ending but it's not just a like yay they live happily ever after right like but it's like really satisfying um and I'm really here for it yeah. <laughs> and and does not do the thing that a lot of queer speculative um no queer speculative fiction is actually pretty good about this but like a lot of queer relationships in uh, what I'm going to call bunny ears, mainstream, unquote, um, literature and media tends to have sad endings, like actual bad or sad endings. And to be clear, this is not that, right? Like, it is not a pure, like, right off into the sunset with unicorns ending, but it is still an ending that I am completely here for and on board with. It makes sense for the characters and I'm really happy, right? Like, so I can highly recommend these books. Uh, queer speculative fiction right now is absolutely my jam, like completely. Yeah, and there is some amazing stuff out there. Um, like this is how you lose the time war. I think I talked about before, but anyway. So the Midnight Lie and the Hollow Heart, um, Marie Rutkowski, and I will try to remember to put this in the show notes. Also, if you are interested. Um, ugh, ugh. So good. Anyway, so that was giving me life outside of gaming. Been reading a lot. Started sewing again. We'll talk about more stuff in the Bamboo Lounge about that kind sure. of thing if you get the Absolutely. Bamboo Lounge. Anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let Phil get a word in edgewise because I got really excited about my books. <laughs> it's okay. They, it's have okay. Re they have really pretty covers, too. Like, they're really pretty. Yeah, that's cool. Y'all nice can't cover. see them, but they're really, they're really I'll nice. I'll vouch for you guys. They're nice covers. They're nice covers. They're very gorgeous. I'm excited to have them on my bookshelf. Um, and I don't always buy hard covers right off the bat, but I definitely did for this one. So. <laughs> anyway, Phil, tell us yes. what is giving you life outside of gaming. Yeah, my, um, th so this kind of snuck up on me like all at once, but, um, I recently just had like a resurgence um, about GI Joe. The <laughs> yeah. um, so so obviously the role playing game is out, and so there's been a big push for that. And uh, I blame Jared. Um, yep. I blame Jared mostly for this because Jared went and played the uh, GI Joe game, and then yeah, I was like, dare. oh man, like now I want to like now I want to know more. So I, I'm still curious about the game, and I know Jared's doing a review on it, so I'm actually really looking forward to that. But I was in, so I was to now jump back to my youth. Um, I was exactly the right age when GI Joe came out as a toy. Now remember the way this worked in the eighties. And if you ever want to see a really good thing, um, toy galaxy has a, a fantastic uh, video series on um, 
the eighties and how, um, TV shows were made to push toys to kids. Um, so anyway, I was exactly the right age. I got into GI Joe, like right off the bat, like series one figures. I collected them, um, all the way to the edge of high school before I gave my collection away to a younger kid, which I now like massively regret. Um, because you I didn't a, know at the time. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have even cared for money purposes, but just, I had so much stuff because as my friends divested from playing with action figures, they gave their stuff to me. So by the end, when I was finally done with it, I had this massive collection of stuff and like from like really big pieces, not the biggest piece, which was the aircraft carrier, which was ridiculous, but I had like the big planes and all that stuff. Anyway, ton of figures. I also collected the comic book all through the mid eighties. Um, loved the comic book as well. It, it had, it was, it was originally a Marvel comic book. It then moved on to, um, another publisher and the publisher is going to skip my, um, Oh, the other publisher is going to skip my head for right now. Um, but we may come back on a later. It's not really relevant anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Jared started playing the game and then I was like, boy, I would really like to read some, G.I. Joe comics, which I have. So I began to just binge from the first comic from 1983 forward. Um, And I'm now like, I think squarely like somewhere in the fifties. Like I read 50 comics in the last like couple days. Um, I've been reading them like five at a time and then like digging out the next five, that kind of thing. Um, It's so it's really good because it's, it's really good. And it, I mean, it's been really fun it's definitely giving me life. It is also interesting because I all like I can see in the comic books when the toys released because <laughs> suddenly something's there. Well, yeah, because again, the comics were designed to the comics, much like the cartoon, were designed to push the toys. Yeah. So every like few comics, there's like, oh, there's some new Joes or there's a new piece of equipment. And I'm like. Oh yeah, because those hit the shelves. Like yeah. <laughs> there's a like there's a distinct mark when the series one figures, like when the series two figures start in the comics. Like all of a sudden there's like all these new characters and they look different. Um, because the original G.I. Joe's were all in these like green uniforms with like little variations, with the exception of um Striker, Scarlet, and Snake Eyes. But then when you get to series two, they all start having like their own um outfits uniforms things like that and so you can just you see this transition um as, as you're reading the comic book and i'm just like remembering it nostalgically as well as oh yeah that's about when i got this toy this toy um you know i got this figure i got that figure i had this i had that that kind of thing i was very big into uh G. Joe. anyway it's been fun to um it's been fun to reread the comic books. The comics are actually a bit more, um, a little more serious. I, I don't want to use the serious. They're a little more gritty than the, the TV show, the TV show, like no one ever gets hurt in the yeah. comic books. That is absolutely not true. Like people have been shot, wounded, killed, blown up, like those kinds of things where in the comic book, it was very much a, um, you, mean you know, in the, in the they're pew pewing each other with lasers, but nobody actually ever hits each other kind of thing. Right. Um, but not so in the, um, not so at all in the uh, in the comic book. So anyway, it's been a lot of fun. So then also it bled into everything else. So like at some point I started watching a little bit of the cartoon show again oh, because no. it's on YouTube. <laughs> um, because those so those were unheard of, right? In the days of broadcast TV, the uh, original that before the TV series was up and running like daily on syndication. There were two five-day miniseries that appeared. So just for five days, like on your, you know, TV station, for me it was Channel 5. Sure. Um, five days after school was G.I. Joe on at a certain time. And again, this is not a time where there were DVRs. There were barely v- VCRs that could tape things on a time schedule. So a lot of anxiety about making sure I got home to watch every one of the episodes. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so anyway, I did a little of that. And then last night um, I was like, you know, I've never seen the second GI Joe live action movie. 
and they're the first one isn't an exceptional movie either. It is probably a guilty pleasure movie of mine. So last night I found out that the second one is on uh, Paramount Plus. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to watch this tonight. So I did. I watched it. It, it wasn't great. Um, while it wasn't great, it was actually very much a G.I. Joe story. Um, to its credit, it, it, it actually um, did not lose the genre. Um, of what G.I. Joe was. So yeah, I, um, so I did that. So anyway, I've been having kind of a G.I. Joe kick and uh, I'm probably just going to go pick up the game at some point and I will probably run the game at some point because um, military action kind of like not so gritty military action kind of seems like it will fit with where I am right now. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that, I'm not. I mean, one of Jared, my... Jared would have to give it a pretty terrible review for you to not want to get it. Yeah, I'm not in a rush to get it. I'll actually just wait for Jared's review just so I can like I can just find out the, you know, the thorns and, you know, roses of it all. I'm not under any illusion. I kind of know what the system's like. I kind of know like where where, it, you know, kind of know its limitations, but I'm OK with that. I'm okay with that. I, I, the game I really wanted to run was Twilight 2000 because I was very much into that idea for playing some, uh, a military RPG, but that's going to be like a little too close to home. Um, a little too close to reality right now. Yeah. So I'll need to drift more into the fantastical part. So GI Joe might be the way to go. Anyway, it's given me a lot of, uh, it's given me a lot of life. Like I said, it's tying into things like nostalgia. It's tying into things like the old comic books and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been fun. Anyway. Yay. Good. There we go. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. Well, good. That's our, uh, that's our, that's our chit chat for this week. Um, like I said, um, we don't do these very often. So um, if you're new to the show, don't worry. This isn't our normal format. Uh, we'll be back um, probably next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week with we an actual show week. topic. Yeah. With an actual show topic um, on disaster relationships. Yeah, that's the um, plan. I was like, yeah. we already picked the topic even. We just we just didn't kind of nail down the actual conversation. <laughs> I honestly, to be honest, I just didn't have time to, I didn't have time no. to produce the show. Um, yeah. That's my half of the show responsibility. So let's to yeah. be clear in the delineation of things, uh, send a handles the the recorded portion of the show once we have audio files and makes that into a thing that you all listen to. My job is actually to um, to prep the show into a thing that we can talk about. And I just didn't have time to do that. I had kiddo stuff all weekend. So that happens. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what it is. so when that happens, we kick into um we kick into our um, chit chat episode. So we'll be back next week. Disaster relationships. We're going to teach you how to run them and not how to burn down the whole thing. When you, I love them so much. (laughs) Good. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. All right. um, Senda. Yes. Tell us about another show on the Mistractor Mark Network. I would love to. Um, Today I'm going to tell you about the Gnome cast where several gnomes from Gnome Stew, including frequently me and or Phil, actually, we've never been on a show together. Uh, 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 just, okay, sidebar for a moment. We've never been on the gnome cast together. Have you noticed that? No. And actually specifically doesn't do us at the same time because she's scared that it will become the gnome cast episode of Pandas. That's fair. I told her we should just do it and then we'll post it on both feeds. But anyway. Also fair. I digress. Yes. Um, cool. Several gnomes from Gnome Stew, including sometimes me and there's no and in there or Phil. <laughs> there we go. Um, get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Good. Yeah, in- indeed. Cool. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can find us on the Tiki Talkies with our individual Twitter handles at Idella Mifflin and at DNA Phil. Um, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we're operating under full power, um, send us your topics, your questions, your ideas, whatever it is that is making gaming less fun for you than it should be. 
uh, tell us about it because we will try to give you insights, um, the inner workings and tips for how to make it more fun. Um, our overall goal here has not changed, uh, which is uh, we want you running and playing games. And the way that that's going to happen is if it is more enjoyable than less enjoyable. So if there are parts that are making your game just a little, eh, we're going to get rid of them for you. Or at least we're going to make it go smoother. And if that happens, then you will play and run more games. And that is how more games get played in the world. Yes. And all the benefits of your own self-care and the self-care of your table. If you're able to run, um, everybody's going to be feeling better, yourself included, as well as, you know, the people you're running for. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we both look forward to it when we get to play. So it's a thing. Cool. Yes. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP patrons. Get access to the Slack Room for Life. That's the biggie right there. Mm-hmm. Come join us. Um, check us, you know, like come join us. Come engage in all the various conversations we have from funny to serious to gaming stuff to just general life stuff. Come join us on the Friday luncheons. Pop in, just hang out. It's a can be a bit rowdy, not in a mean way, just in the, like a lot of people talking on a, a Zoom. A lot of thing people way. on a Zoom, yeah. We've yeah. we different but, internet lags and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's a little it's chaotic, fine. but it's a time for us to uh, for us to connect. So do that. Uh, you also get access to the Bamboo Lounge from this show and the after show from the Misdirected Mark, uh, which is just a little more of us candidly chatting about stuff um, and things like that. Anyway. Um, your support goes a long way to keeping the lights on on this network. We appreciate it greatly. If you are already supporting the Patreon campaign, thank you very much. If you are unable to support the Patreon campaign, we totally understand. Senator, there's a thing that people can do just uses a little bit of their time because time is valuable. It uses a little bit of their time, but not money that helps us immensely. What is that thing? Uh, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, when we get those reviews, it actually makes a difference in terms of the algorithm and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside because we're like, oh, somebody listened to us and they liked us enough to leave a review. So that's great. Um, so A, thank you to everybody who's left a review. But B, the other thing that you can do is, uh, you know, talk us up if you uh, like the show um, and somebody asks you for a show about jamming advice um, or anything along those lines that you think that we fit. We massively appreciate uh, those personal recommendations as well because those are probably the most effective and we love having people listen to the show. You know why? Because it gives us new brains to pick for new topics. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> like 100%. That's what we're going for. We need new topics for the show, which means we need fresh minds, fresh eyes, fresh ears, listening with new problems that we can chat about and do advice for. Exactly. Good. Excellent. Oh, say, Senda, when does the next book for your series come out? Oh, this one doesn't have any more. It's done. It's done. Oh, There's just goodness. the two. What is the next book you will be diving into then? I haven't decided yet. There's a to-read pile on my dresser. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey. Bloop! Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I got waveforms. You got waveforms? I have waveforms. I also have, like, it's so dry here now. Because the seasons are changing that, like, sometimes my skin gets itchy. So, like, before we start recording, as I'm, like, banging around, trying to get some lotion. Oh, that feels so much better. It's, uh, it's warm today. I'm wearing shorts. Um, wearing shorts? Which is uh, a kind of rarity because it's, um, it's been not winter, but it has definitely been uh, early spring here. Like, it's been 50s kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, so it's now 50s here today, but yesterday it was 84 <laughs> so it was eight, it's 81 right now 
It's 81 oh, right yeah. now, and that I is mean, um, that is sweater. off the fucking charts. Now, I think it's going to rain tomorrow sometime in the 70s, and then we're going to plunge back into the 50s. So this is literally the only nice day. Um, my house is wonderfully comfortable temperature-wise, but I'm not putting my fans out yet, nor am I putting away my winter coat. That is, that is when living in the Northeast, that is where I am right now. I refuse to put my fans out in the living room and on the other rooms, and I refuse to put my winter coat away um, as if I just will antagonize uh, another snowstorm. So, I mean, it snowed pretty recently for you, but I mean, d- to be fair, I currently have two sets of pajamas folded on my bed right now because I have one set for when it's been 80 for a couple days in a row and I need to sleep in like a tank top and shorts and then like the other set which is like pants and a long sleeve shirt because then it's like getting down into the 30s again at night um it hasn't made up its mind it's fine this is where I really have to get a uh, bedspread because my comforter is um once yeah, it gets too warm, warm, my comforter is like, you cannot use me. Like, I have slept the entire winter. My house is like 68 degrees. I've slept the entire winter in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, it's a and, very and warm- have woken up And have woken up warm. Like, Well, I think it's between the comforter and uh and the microfiber sheets right because yes. they don't um they don't really breathe so they're they tend to trap warmth anyway we should save this for the bamboo l- <laughs> no we should really talk about something more exciting in the bamboo lounge than bedding than sheets <laughs> yeah let's get i this mean i don't know started. i think bedding could be exciting i'm just saying oh are we playing this game today <laughs> sure bedding can be very exciting <laughs> Pretend I said nothing. We need to actually record this. <laughs> and welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who's a bit sleepy. Nope, we're going to do it again. <laughs> like, why don't we just try that one again? <laughs> saw you, I just saw you nodding at me going, no. Right, <laughs> weird, weird stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> there were multiple nope, 100%, episodes. 100%. I lost it, was, it there. Just try again. <laughs> All right, let me try again. Ready? <laughs> <laughs>